Get ready for the greatest roast of all time. The Roast of Tom Brady. A Netflix live event happening May 5th. Hosted by Kevin Hart, the seven-time world champion gets his cleats held to the fire by famous friends and frenemies on an unforgettable night where everything is fair game. Tune in on May 5th at 5 p.m. Pacific time for The Roast of Tom Brady, live only on Netflix. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle, a run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. You ready? Showtime. On May 3rd, summer starts with the fall guy. What are you doing later? Let's drink a spicy margarita. Make some bad decisions. Yes! Audiences are falling in love with the most entertaining film of the year. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. Fall Guy. That's what the poster said. See Ryan Gosling and Emily Blunt in the movie critics say exists to make you happy. Trying to make it out? Nope. Because I don't either. It's not what I'm into right now. What are you into? Talking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the Fall Guy. Only in theaters May 3rd. Read it PG-13. I'm Alex Rodriguez. And I'm Jason Kelly. From Bloomberg, this is The Deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many you know, more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Hello and welcome to Islanders Anxiety from the Lighthouse Hockey Podcast Network. My name is Dan Saracini. Joining me this evening via Zencaster is my friend Michael Leboff. And Mike, uh, things have gone from bad to worse. And they could still get even worse. Go figure. Uh, it seems like every day it gets worse and worse. Yeah, the Islanders lost two more games, but we've got seven guys on the COVID list right now. Another big injury on top of Ryan Pollock's injury. Just... I don't know, man. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not bailing on the season. This will be, I think, a recurring theme throughout this episode. But boy, it certainly seems like right now this team is just straight up cursed. I don't know how else you could put it, really. Yeah, I'm a boxing fan, and and there's a lot of times in fights where you're watching the fight, and it's very clear uh, that you're, you're like looking to the corner. You're like, you need you guys need to do your fighter a favor and throw in the towel. It happened this weekend with, with Sean Porter uh, fighting Terrence Crawford. Sean Porter's dad was actually his corner man and threw in the towel. Um, and you're just like, you're watching a fighter and they're just giving everything they got and everything they got. And they're just, just not able to, for whether it's a skill thing or whatever it is, just not their night. Um, they just aren't able to uh, get themselves in the fight. And uh, you're just begging for the corner to, to stop the pain. Um, and I don't think we're there yet, mm. but like you said, but like, it's, you know, there's so many things to kind of remind yourself of, um, to, of how, just how early it is in the season, uh, you know, 66 games left is, it's a lot of games. Um, uh, and that, you know, there are some, some teams, I think in the Islanders universe that are punching above their weight and should fall back down. And like, there's at some point, this thing is going to 
uh, turn. Uh, and it might be too late, <laughs> uh, but it's it's even just getting through this and salvaging the next four months being meaningful. You know, hockey is kind of a win for me at this point. Like that's that's what I want to get to because um, there's there's really nothing worse than having uh, a season end in you know mid December. <laughs> And we're no strangers to right. that. Obviously, we've 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 lived through that for most of our lives. Uh, I remember when Kyle Oposo and Mark Strike got oh, hurt yeah. uh, in the pre in the preseason. We've talked about and, that a lot in this podcast. <laughs> yeah, that's something. As I say, it's a recurring theme on the show, and it's that's I that's such a a, a poignant moment for me because I just remember that day uh, thinking, yeah, this season's already over, and they haven't even played a regular season game yet. Um, and that's just it's just a shitty feeling because who knows what a whole uh, you know, what, ha- what can happen over a year and whatever. And, um, but we're, like you said, like, it's not, it's way too early to bail, but there's, the Islanders are also far from fine. Like there's, there's a lot of things that have just gone wrong that are not their fault. And there are some things that have gone wrong that are their fault. Um, and the timing of it all just couldn't be worse. Uh, that's, that's the crazy thing that this whole, um, you know, outbreak plus the injuries to the two, their two most durable players and two of the most durable players in the NHL. Uh, it just couldn't be the, the time couldn't be worse with not just the arena opening, but then this fact that the schedule after playing 13 games over the course of 35 days or so uh, against basically non-conference competition. Now they're looking at the, the most important stretch of the season with um the Rangers, Pittsburgh, the Rangers, and I think Philadelphia coming up, uh, where they'll be playing Th- Thomas Hickey mm. and company. It feels this the roster really feels like it's March twenty seventh, like two thousand eleven. <laughs> like that's how this roster kind of reads right. with half the team as being AHL guys and the other half being veterans. Uh, it's uh, yeah, it's it's one of those moments where you're, it's like a, a gut check mm. as a fan, and and one of those times where you, you're kind of wondering why you even do it. <laughs> yeah, I mean, to me, I, my brain didn't even go to sort of an end of the season roster. It went to a preseason roster, like the the rosters they basically played on Saturday versus the Flames, and then Sunday versus the Leafs were essentially preseason rosters. Like it was a couple of veterans sprinkled in with a bunch of AHL guys, you know, some guy probably most people never heard of and Grant Hutton, uh, you know, all is missing was like a, a goalie on a PTO basically that you would never hear from again after that game was over. And uh, yeah, it's, it's pretty bad before we get to the games. Uh, I am glad you brought up, I don't know, Murphy's law aspect of this whole thing, which is yes, obviously the Islanders are in a very bad spot. Um, some of it is of their making and, and a lot of it, quite frankly, isn't. And our friend, Carrie Haber, who we had on last week was talking about, you know, there's, there's excuses and then there's reality. And in this case, saying that your team is hamstrung because seven guys are on the COVID list is not an excuse. Like that's just unfortunate. (laughs) It's just like, it kind of happened this. We've seen two teams. The Islanders are now the third team in the NHL for this to have happened to the Sharks had an outbreak really right. Almost as, as right as the season started. And then it was kind of over with. They had a bunch of teams. And then the Senators, uh, they had a bunch of guys. They had about a dozen guys put on, and, and including assistant coach Jack Capuano and I think some other staff members. And they got, I think, three games postponed. So the Islanders haven't had any games postponed yet. And I say yet because at his uh, availability today, Lou Lamorello was talking. And you know that, that comes from the league. And it's funny to me when Lou, who we all recognize as kind of like you know a guy who, who pulls through strings – whether you realize it or not, you know, when he defers to the league, you're always kind of like, 
is it really up to the league, Lou? <laughs> Could you maybe uh, you know make a phone call to the commissioner or something like that? Um, but as far as he says, it's it's up to the league on whether or not they're going to postpone them. So you know, as of right now, there the games aren't postponed uh, for Wednesday against the Rangers and then Friday against the Penguins. Um, but by the time you listen to this, that that may change. And the fact of the matter is that having Josh Bailey on the COVID list from before the you know just at the end of the the road trip was be kind of a problem but then to add Anders Lee, Adam Pellick, Andy Green, Ross Johnston, uh you know even a guy like Johnston okay fine he's a part-timer but like that's just one other guy. Since then Anthony Bovillier missed Saturday's game turned out to be a false positive but then they put Kiefer Bellows on and again Bellows is almost kind of in the same boat like you know is he a, a key cog that you were expecting to contribute? Well, maybe not but it's just one other guy. And then this morning it's Sedano Chara who you know, gets back to sort of talking about the the forced er- the unfor the the errors that they're making themselves. Maybe you know we I think we can all agree right now that giving Chara this much ice time has probably been a mistake. It hasn't helped when they were healthy. Um, you know, he he's kind of a shell of himself these days. It seems like every time he's on the ice, the Islanders get pinned in their own zone for a minute and a half. Um, and you know, other decisions that were made. You know, maybe kind of look towards uh, maybe mistakes in the offseason. But then again, you look at other stuff that is out of their control. Kyle Palmieri, what is his shooting percentage now? Is it like 3%? I know the Islanders as a team are shooting under 7% right now. <laughs> like what is, I meant to look up Palmieri's, you know, shooting. Yeah. Uh, it, yeah, I think it's like around there yeah. or maybe two. I think it, it's funny. Like you think Palmieri, Peugeot, Parisi have two goals combined. Right. And then you throw Bailey in there. Bailey's got one goal himself. Um, Bailey's shooting 12.5%, which is hilarious because right. he's got one goal. Um, he's, he's, yeah. he's almost near the team lead of shooting percentage with one goal. Right. Um, it's it's a, like, there's a couple of outbreaks going on at the same time, right? Like, mm. it's there's an outbreak, the COVID outbreak, and and then there's also the, just the, the snake bite outbreak. They're yeah. snake bitten right now. And uh, these things, uh, th- I mean, it's, it does seem to happen to one or two teams a season uh, that just everything kind of just goes off the rails mm. in this kind of way. And um, it, you know, the, the, there's so many reasons to, to, to not feel good. And they're all legitimate <laughs> right now about the Islanders. And, um, but at the same time, like there, like there is a way to, to look at it as, um, and to kind of calm yourself down a little bit, which is, I think, um, you know, Carrie retweeted it. It was from uh, Usher Maddie, who was, Basically, like at this point, you just don't look at the standings. You look at it as a, you know, a quest. The team is now has to figure out a way to get to like this 97, 98 point mark. Mm. Um, and that starts, to your point, with Kyle Palmieri's, Zach Parisi's, yeah. JG Peugeot's, those guys finding the back of the net yeah. or at least helping someone else find the back of the net. And uh, there was one play, I think, that really summed up where the Islanders are right now was Anthony Beauvillier who mm. <laughs> missed the Calgary game um, then was you know brought back in on that false positive. So like getting him back in the lineup, th- there was like, you know, some good feelings all of a sudden. Everyone's like, all right, you know, Bo's back. He's a huge part of this team. He's such a good player in transition. Uh, and what happens? He uses that transition to pass from Parisi, I think, mm. break away for Beauvillier, yeah. beats Joseph Wool. And the puck just rolls off yeah, his stick, just... <laughs> and a minute later, game over because the Leafs go up two nothing. Right. And it, like to to the to our point, it's like this this isn't 
Yeah, sure. Like uh, maybe Beauvillier took his eye off the puck. I know it. No, nobody will know, but it, maybe the puck just rolled on him. And um, it just was a, a really unlucky break that ended up not only was it, it every swing is like a two goal swing. Yeah. So, right. It's not only did it end up not in the back of the net for the Islanders, but it ends up in their own net. Uh, you can think about the Palmieri hitting the post against the Panthers mm. or is that the lightning can't remember? Like uh, it, it's, that's what seems to be happening. And these things, they do end like the, like at some point their luck should turn. Mm. They should end up getting, uh, you know, they've got two goaltenders who are very capable of stealing a game here or there. One of them, yeah, uh, one of them is not playing that well right now. <laughs> yeah, exactly. One of them is not up to par, but we know he can get yeah. there. He, we know he's he's got that in his locker, and uh, so you, you just hope you got to look at it now. Like it's it's the the Islanders now have you you hear it all the time when teams are uh, in the in the hunt for a playoff spot in March first or something like oh we're we're playing playoff hockey already. Mm. Well, the Islanders basically are in that spot now right. and on November 23rd. So, and that's how you got to look at it. If, if, you know, if you really want to try to drown out the, the pessimism and, and there's no, I'm not saying like you can be, as, there's nothing wrong with being fatalistic <laughs> right now, right? There's mm. six game losing streak with no points on the board. Um, the Islanders haven't won since what, November 2nd. Mm. Uh, it's there's you be as fatalistic as you want, but if you're trying to focus on, you know, a way out, I think that's the best way to do it. I think that was a poignant point. Like, this team could still get to 98 points with by playing 36, 27 hockey. I don't know, whatever you, you can do the math, but like they got to win like 37 of their final 30, 66 games and collect a lot of loser points. Mm-hmm. And you look at it that way and you're like, you know, it does, it does kind of give you some perspective on just how long the season is. <laughs> However, of course the first chunk of those games will at least looks like they will come without a lot of players yeah. and the next ch- wave of those games will come without Nelson and Paul. Yeah. Lou was pretty clear that those dudes aren't coming back uh, for the games this week. And yeah. And then just this morning also at the same time that he announced Chara being put on the COVID list, he announced that Brock Nelson is now out two to four weeks uh, with a hip injury that he sustained in the game against the Leafs, which is also brutal news. So, you know, the, the thing about Saturdays, I looked at that as, the Islanders missing their top two uh, defensemen is just a brutal, brutal hit. And like, you know, Pollock being out was a problem as it is, but then you take Pellick out of the equation too. And now it's like their top, their top defensive pair was Noah Dobson and Zdeno Chara, who like literally a week and a half ago, we had Arthur Staple on telling us about how that didn't work out <laughs> as a pairing. And that's what necessitated breaking up Pellick and Pollock in the first place to their credit. And to the Islanders and credit in general, I thought they played a pretty spirited game against the uh, the Flames. I mean, they they that might have been one of their better games they've played in a week since that Winnipeg game. They end up coming out on the losing end of it five two, but that's a bit of a misleading score because the, the Flames had two empty net goals. I mean, that was a that was a one goal game with a minute and a half left, but the Islanders really couldn't put anything together at the end to kind of get uh, you know that final goal uh, to tie it up. Um, but I mean, their lineup was half guys from the AHL. It was Robin Sallow. It was uh, Grant Hutton. It was Richard Panic. It was Andy Andrioff. I mean, there are Flyers fans. If you're a Flyers fan and you turned into that game and you're like, what the hell is Andy Andrioff doing here? I thought he was in Lehigh Valley still. Nope. He's, he was in Bridgeport and now he's an Islander. Like, how did that happen? Um, you mentioned Thomas Hickey has now been called up. Anatoly Goloshev is here. So, like, maybe we'll see what he's doing. Sebastian Ajo went back into the lineup. So, like, these are dudes that, that would not play for the Islanders outside of the preseason. And what drove me, drove me a little bit crazy. I follow Jim Matheson on Twitter. Like Jim Matheson is an old 
very old Edmonton Oilers. Uh, he's sort of like the, uh, I don't know if he's necessarily the Stan Fischler of the Oilers, but he's a little bit like Stan in that he's, he's kind of old school, but he's also, you know, kind of <laughs> fun to follow sometimes. And he was clearly watching the game and he's like, oh, the Trotz is a great coach, but he can't make, you know, he, the Islanders need some pop. And I felt like I almost tweeted at him, but then I was like, you know what? I don't need this. I felt like saying, Jim, half of these guys are Bridgeport Islanders. Like, don't look for pop in this lineup. It doesn't exist. There is no pop. There are three guys with pop in this lineup. One of them, Kyle Palmieri, is shooting 2.8% this season. And Zach Parisi, the guy on the other lot on the other side, he's shooting zero because he has no goals. Like, you know, what yeah. pop? Where's the pop coming from? I don't understand. You know, the, the only two guys in that that lineup on Saturday that had any pop whatsoever, Barzell and Nelson. And that was it, really. And uh Nelson scored two two goals, and and if you've been following the the Flames so far this season, that's an enormous accomplishment because the Flames have seven shutouts. They have more shutouts than the Islanders have wins right now. Like they are just completely buzzsawing teams right now. I don't know if they're gonna where they're gonna be at the end of the season, but I can tell you one hundred percent that they are good this year because of two reasons: a, Daryl Sutter is a pretty good coach, and b, they finally have fixed their uniforms. They have finally just gone <laughs> back to, to they did what the Islanders did. Go back to your original uniforms, guys. There was nothing wrong with them. You never should have changed these uniforms. And now look at well, where you are. So there you go. Yeah, we, we spoke about it on the last show. Like the, You can kind of see when, when the Islanders go through a rut, um, they usually play a game like like that one uh, that kind of sing, is the signal of, hey, like, they're starting to find their, find their game a little bit. And, and that's what I thought about the Flames game. I thought, all right, they're – getting better um it, it was you, you can't really they put themselves in a spot already where you, there's no moral victories mm. but if it, it kind of felt like one yeah um a little <laughs> bit they, they, they did play well like i think when I mean, they uh, were down two nothing halfway through the first period yeah so. that's another thing too like just right. they not only do they are there is so many things going off the going wrong off the ice i, I can't remember the last time they've had a lead <laughs> uh so but yeah, they they played well. I thought just considering what was going on, I thought like Richard Ponick yes. was was really good. I thought uh, Robin Sallow was really good. There were so many positives to take from that game. Uh, if you just looked at it from without taking in a, in a vacuum, without taking in anything else that was going on on the outside, um, that the next day I I wasn't confident that they were going to beat the Leafs, but I was feeling that. You know this team. At least they they showed that their they, their process is starting to look good. But they that team the next night just looked to so defeated. Mm-hmm. Um, basically, right after that Beauvillier play that I mentioned earlier. Um, so the pop isn't like there is. It's the pop that Jim Matheson's looking for is isn't coming. <laughs> uh, like it's not going to come in the in the way that he thinks it is, and or anyone does. It's going to come just from this team getting a break and everyone's just exhaling yeah. and the the problem is that they, they've got to do it against oh, unless this, these games get postponed like against the rangers tomorrow uh who are red hot and are, are on the exact opposite trend of the the rangers have a, a i think a uh a, a zero goal differential on the season and they're 11 three and three mm-hmm. or something like that uh i think they are something like seven one and one in one goal games or something like that as well like this is the team that just they just won a game with 0.5 seconds <laughs> yeah. left. So this is, they are, they are getting incredible goaltending. Um, and they have obviously have some superstar players, but they're, they're catching a lot of breaks. The Philadelphia Flyers, similarly, like there's a lot of teams in their division where it's like, you're looking, like you look around the league and you're just like, 
you said it yesterday to me, like that the same team seem to lose every night. Yeah. Um, and it's the Islanders, the Coyotes, the Kraken, Canucks, Canucks Stars, Senators, and, Sabres, yeah, and yeah. Canadians. <laughs> and, yeah, and you just and everyone else right. wins, and 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 I just can't. I'm just looking at all these teams. I'm like, how are these teams getting? How are they winning? Like, a win seems it's such a foreign concept <laughs> to me right now. It seems so far away that uh, I just. I mean, a goal, a goal seems that way. I remember, like when when the Islanders were playing the Flames, it just looked like Jack Parisi had five golden opportunities yeah. against the Flames. He had three shots from the slot on the same shift. <laughs> and uh, they, one went wide. One I think bounced off somebody else. And then I think one went wide in the other direction, you know, like Grant Hunton missed an empty <laughs> net uh, that from the point and like there was traffic, but Markstrom was basically down yeah. and yes, he's Grant Hunton. So, but the, this, that's the other thing too, is like the puck will find guys like Grant Hunton mm. uh, when, when the opportunity is calling like uh, Matt Mark Barzell made a really nice play off the rush. Um, it gets the flames, I believe in the second period and his uh, guy running shotgun on the rush rush was Matt Martin mm. and he drew Markstrom out. Uh, played the puck over to where Martin should have been if he was uh, anybody else besides Matt Martin <laughs> <laughs> or Zidane O'Shara, and he wasn't there. Uh, there was no player there. It would have been a tap-in that probably would have hit off the post anyways with the way things are going. But like those are the things that are that are happening. While Oliver Wallstrom, a six on, when's the last time the Islanders scored a six-on-five goal? With the, it's like every time the Islanders pull their goalie down one, yeah. uh, the other team scores in about seven yeah. seconds. It's, and then they and, get another I mean, one. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. It's like it's like kind of like the power play. It's just it's it's yeah. it's so it's like such an unmitigated disaster that you the jokes are like oh like you'll hear someone say like oh they should decline it or whatever mm. and, and yeah like it's it's gotten beyond parody at this point where you just imagine the worst possible situation and usually that comes true. Uh, well, that be it the three on four goal from Mitch right. Well, Marner I was going to say or, that leads us right into the Sunday game against the Leafs, and this is what I was going to say too, like. I forgot my train of thought before, but like, you know, the other the other problems you could point to that are kind of Islanders made are their special teams, which have been absolutely abysmal <laughs> this season. Their power play stinks on ice like they can't score a goal. They can't do it. They're standing around. Nobody even gets a good look. I mean, they had a couple of, they had 10 power plays against well, they had five power plays against the Flames. Right. They had I think each side had 10. So they got a lot of work and they looked OK, but like it wasn't like they scored any and they scored once, right? I think they they went one for five, and I think the Flames went two for five, or maybe something like that. Um, but then it, they make it worse by giving up shorthanded goals, which is something they have not, they did not do all of last year until, of course, Game Seven in the Eastern Conference semis. But now they've given up three already this season, and the last one was in that game against the Leafs. You know, they have an early power play three and a half minutes in, and you know, credit the Leafs for having a really aggressive penalty kill. Like that's awesome. I love that. I wish the Islanders did more of that, but. You know, they can't even get their power play straightened out. And so the Leafs are very aggressive on the on the penalty kill. And Mitch Marner jumps on a puck. And before you know it, it's it's one nothing. And it's like, you know, they, they had it again. They had jump like they had. You could see that they they had the desire, but they just didn't have the gas. And they did play the night before. So did the Leafs for that matter. And uh, it was pretty close. I mean, it was one nothing through two periods. And you thought, OK, look, if they can get a bounce. And tie this game up, then that might be what they need to, you know, kind of grab hold of this thing, take it home, maybe get a point something out of this. But again, that bounce just completely eludes them. And like you said, Beauvillier has a breakaway, puck bounces off his stick, and then 30 seconds later, Andre Kasha makes it uh, 2 nothing, uh, kind of beating Oliver Wallstrom to the puck. And, like the you know, it came out of the corner from Marner. No, no, it came out of the corner from uh, from side. I think uh, David Camp, I don't even know. And Kasha is right there, and the performance 2 nothing. 
And then Marner again, he's kind of cutting in front of the net and he takes a pass from Michael Bunting and it kind of just slides underneath Ilya Sorokin, who had been fantastic. Dude made 37 saves in that game. And, you know, really that that one, I, I don't think it was a bad goal, but like it was a backbreaker and it was done. Just, you know, you went from being like, all they need is one bounce to make something out of this. And in the blink of an eye, it was three nothing and then the game was over. And then Joseph Wall in his second start picks up a, tw- a shutout. He made 21 saves. And if anybody listening to this can remember a single one of them, you're a much better fan than I am because I can't. He just, you know, good on him. Good congratulations with the kid. That's great. But like the calling on other, you know, the, the brick wall, dude. Twenty-one saves against a lineup that's half guys from the AHL. What the hell are you talking about? And then people are complaining that we boo John Tavares. We got to boo somebody. We booed our own team by the end of the game. What the hell are you complaining about? Jeez. <laughs> Just, yeah, it, yeah, it it couldn't have like like we were saying the timing has just been so bad because like talk about a terrible opponent to seriously, come in and, <laughs> and at that exact time, uh, it's uh one of, one of the plays too that, that sticks out was like uh talking about like getting a break like the six on five players talking about was the, Oliver Wallstrom had a shot uh on on the empty net situation for the Islanders against the Flames that Markstrom made a spectacular save mm. and. I remember thinking that when they were playing the Leafs that that was the last time the Islanders have made a goalie make a good yeah. save. Because, yeah, Joseph Wall didn't have to. Yeah, Markstrom was legitimately good in that game. Like, that was for right, real. Right, yeah. He, he, he stole that <laughs> right. game, I think, uh, you could say. Or maybe he didn't steal it, but he definitely was the sure, difference. Yeah. Uh, and, uh, yeah, and then the next night, like, the Islanders got the goaltending they needed to win that game, but they couldn't generate anything. Yeah. Because, right. uh, you know, the, first of all, they, they had – we talk about self-inflicted wounds. One of them is, I think, we can all talk about the fourth line being terrible to start the season. Yeah. Uh, the Islanders finally got some really good sustained pressure in the second period. Crowd yeah. got into it. Yeah, uh, I thought they were they were actually pretty good in that Leafs game. I don't know if it was playing against Tavares or not that kind of sparked them, but I thought that was one of their better games of the season. Yeah, they. I, I, I mean, like I think Sezikis has been fine mm. and is doing his job, but and then Clutterbuck's been fine. I think Martin is just. You know, he he was hurt to start the mm. season and might maybe he just isn't a hundred percent or something, but uh, he yeah, they I was just it was frustrating because they 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 finally sustained some pressure. Um, they have an offensive zone face off after the Leafs had a couple guys out there for maybe 90 seconds, two minute shifts. Good, I thought Sheldon Keefe was gonna call a timeout, mm. and you know, of course, everyone on Leafs Twitter would be oh, great timeout. This this guy just is. <laughs> He's playing 3D checkers, uh, but he didn't. And who comes over the boards but the the fourth line on the offensive zone draw? And um, they lose the draw. Leafs get a change. They get Islanders get it back deep. Kyle Palmieri takes a very a soft, mm, very yeah. soft offensive zone penalty. Yeah, but um, I remember that whole scene. You know that that was that was another kind of wind out of the sails moment. And I don't know if the decision to to that's the the line I would have put in in that that situation, especially because it seems like he's. Trotz is mixing and matching everybody except for Sezikis. Yeah. Uh, Isn't that much of a choice? But, <laughs> yeah, it kind of has yeah, to. Yeah, I think, but, but like Sezikis isn't is could could play up. You know, right. you could double shift him a little bit, and you could give Matt Martin a breather. You could play Sezikis with Panic and Clutterbuck here and there. Like he's he's playing, he's trying all the sorts of combinations, but for some reason the fourth line hasn't been touched. And I get it's like sacrilege at mm. this point to do it. Like it seems that way. And um, but I think you know this is a a point in the season where you need to do something like that and. Uh, it, it's it's in the grand scheme of things, breaking up the fourth line on a hockey team that's five eight and two isn't a big deal. But to the Islanders, it would 
you know, send some sort of a message, I guess. But uh, yeah, I think like that was like, but that's been a big part of the problem too, is that, that those guys like the, for the, for them to be doing their, able to do their job, everyone else has to be do, do their job. And, and so it's not just their issue right now, the fourth line, but because the other three lines aren't going, that doesn't, that means that there's more pressure on them to whether score or do something. And, and it's just not, working for them at all. I don't think, I don't think, uh, I've, I've, I've been impressed, um, with Martin in particular since this season and stinks, um, because they, they do play a style of hockey where at some point they're all gonna, um, you know, be done <laughs> and it'll be probably before their, their, uh, contracts are up or whatever. <laughs> but, um, you know, you, you, because of the way the team's playing, you do wonder about where, where Martin is particularly in, um, so it, it is like, that, that's, that's the thing. It's just like, th- there are all these kind of little fires everywhere, but there's also a bunch of huge fires mm. too. Like, so it's, you can't like, if, if the fourth line was the only issue right now, if we were talking about that, it, it would be no big deal. Like you can, oh, yeah. you can focus on getting those guys up to speed, but right now that's like priority number 17 <laughs> on, on a list of maybe 39. Right. Um, so there's just so much, so much to go through and, but the, the the light at the end of the tunnel is that this team will get healthy at some point. They should the luck should change. It's just whether or not it'll be too late. Yeah. I you know if we we're going to talk about lights, I feel like we're, we're going to talk about the big one uh, in the second half of this podcast. In case you're like, hey, are you guys going to mention UBS Arena? Trust me, Mike is going to give a full report about his trip to UBS Arena uh, in the second half. Um, I think long term, yeah. I mean, the outlook in this team is still good, um, but you know, in the short term. You know, you're in a division where basically everybody wins every night. There's, I think, Philly's playing tonight. Uh, Carolina, I mean, I feel like they play every night. Like, they're on the West Coast now. Every night they're playing a game. They actually lost last night in overtime. So, thank you, Sharks, for taking a point from the Hurricanes. You're the first team to do that in a very long time. Um, and, uh, you know, like, yeah, like you said, it's tough to, to look at the standings now. So, maybe it's best if we just don't. Um, you know, Nelson will be back. I guess Nelson and Pullick will basically be back more or less around the same time, um, which would be a huge boon. I, I'm assuming sometime around uh, New Year's, and uh, and they will get back. And obviously, the, the COVID guys will get back. And, and the goal is, I think, at this point, to get those guys back and not, you know, it, let's just say there's three games before they get most of them back. Yeah, four, whatever it is, you got to just basically play, you know, six out of eight yeah. or five out of eight points, and just keep keep it reasonable. Yeah. Uh, and and that's possible, and that's all yeah. it is. I mean, you, you, we we keep saying don't look at the standings, but you think about team. Like I said, the teams like the Devils, the Blue Jackets, are team. These team, the Sabers are ahead of them. Like there are teams that are. It's it would be very surprising if the Islanders don't climb ahead of these teams. And then, um, yeah, the Penguins are definitely in good form now, yeah. but they're there's what eight points ahead of them with three games in hand. So it's really it's just yeah, it's it's not it's it, it, it's both. Not as bad as it seems, but also much worse, <laughs> worse than it seems at the same yeah. time. Because like it's not the standings are aren't as bad as they seem. Like right. see, like they're they're but the un, if you actually paying attention, understand that what's going on and just how poor the luck's been and the injuries and um just like you, you think about who's going to be playing tomorrow right. and uh then it becomes worse. So it's there's there's just so many different kind of emotions to to deal with yeah. here and um it's just it's not going to feel better until this team like, gets gets two points yeah. and uh god right 
Um, I actually feel I actually feel good if they play tomorrow. Actually, in a, for some reason, and I'll, I'll probably feel much different tomorrow when I wake yeah. up. But I actually feel like they're going to win tomorrow <laughs> if they play, which is just well, there you go. really making me upset I, more than anything. I, I'm always I always feel better about the Islanders playing at the Garden. But we'll see what happens. <laughs> there always seems to there seems to be a, a place where they they like to go in and and do stuff. But uh, yeah, uh, so I mean, you know, eventually things will will turn around and they will come back. And I mean, again, Kyle Palmieri, I doubt is going to shoot two point eight percent for the entire season. And if he does, boy, that's a problem. Uh, as far as the Islanders' power play and penalty killing goes, yeah, that's a different story. Um, but uh, yeah, so uh, we're going to take a break right now, and uh, we're going to leave all this this stuff behind and we're going to talk about the really good stuff, which is the opening of us. I <laughs> see. I just did what Jiggs McDonald did. Uh, see how easy it is. Uh, we're going to talk about the opening of UBS arena and uh, Mike will give us a full report from uh, being at the home opener. And uh, yeah, I bet everybody else has some cool, uh, some cool things to uh, think about from that game too. So uh, give us a minute and uh, we'll be right back. Thanks. I'm Alex Rodriguez and I'm Jason Kelly from Bloomberg. This is the deal. Each week, you'll hear us in conversation with business icons. This show will explore deal-making across sports, media, and entertainment. That is a harsh lesson in business. Sports is and not and, as uh, simple you know, I, as bringing a bunch of big names together. I didn't want to do another stomp you out speech. It opened so, up so many more doors. The show is called The, the deal. deal. Listen to The Deal. Listen to The Deal on Spotify. Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need it fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. And now a word from our sponsors. First, as always, VintageIceHockey.com, where you can get T-shirts, hoodies, and mugs featuring over 100 classic hockey logos. Vintage Ice Hockey also carries our Al Arbor T-shirt, and our portion of the sales go directly to the Center for Dementia Research. You could use the code Lighthouse15 to save yourself 15% as VintageIceHockey.com. Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Play big pick for free or play for real residents in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Indiana, Iowa only. Check the link in the podcast description to join. You must be 21 or over. Terms and conditions apply. Try wines from the Pinot Project. Delicious Pinot Noir, Pinot Grigio, and Rosé, all under $15 a bottle. Available at local wine shops and at UBS Arena. Please drink and play responsibly. So UBS Arena is now open. We have a home now as Islanders fans. It is a long time coming. I wrote an article at Lighthouse Hockey pouring out my guts and and 30 years of frustrations and reading stories in Newsday about how they're going to get a new arena. Now they're not going to get an arena now. And, uh, I, you know, I don't know if people outside that what spurred that was a tweet I sent out saying, I don't know if people really understand outside of um, Islanders sort of bubble uh, how big a deal that this is, like how long we've been, I know everybody knows about the Barclays Center thing, but like, no, it's beyond that. Like it goes beyond this. And so for 30 plus years, we've been waiting for this arena and it is here. It is real. It is spectacular. And you were there. You were there for the opening night. Uh, and uh, I mean, I've seen a lot of pictures, your pictures, other people's pictures. It looks fantastic. I have tickets for Friday's game against the Penguins, whether or not it's played or not. Um, 
but uh we uh we'll see uh it just um it's pretty remarkable and it's pretty amazing that this is the islanders home now this building that's literally built for them with them in mind and and is like dripping with islander stuff coming right out of the walls yeah uh it it was surreal going in on saturday night because um i never really took a tour um you didn't take a tour. Like, obviously, only a select few people <laughs> did. But I, I was kind of happy that I didn't because I, I was very excited to, to, to be surprised <laughs> with everything. And uh, when when I I went there with uh, with my dad on Saturday, we got there at like 5, into the doors around like 5.15. And there was, you know, a long line to get in when the doors opened. And the sound was hilarious because it was just people coming um, – into this building and everyone's just going, Oh my God, all you, instead of hearing, you know, you, you remember that video from a couple weeks ago after the Knicks won that game, mm. uh, their first game of the season, that video that went viral uh, with the guys like being like bing bong and whatever. <laughs> um, it, it, the, my favorite part of that video was like kind of while these guys are all saying outlandish, crazy shit, like in the background, there's just this like constant screaming <laughs> and like, um, and that's what it kind of would have sounded like. It sounded like you just heard people like, overcome with this emotion oh my god screaming like yes this place is amazing look at this like it, w- it was so funny to hear that as you're walking in and my dad and i were talking about that and then we realized we hadn't even gone through the gate yet like to the <laughs> not the gate the uh the metal detector yet and these people, everyone was just so ready just losing their minds over the you know the entranceway and um yeah and then you you get in and it it felt like uh it felt almost like a video game. Like you, you go, you're going like level by level and discovering new cool <laughs> things. Uh, and uh, I guess like, what is it? RPG, like Mario RPG or something like where you can, like you can power up in like the next level and every, every level becomes both more challenging, <laughs> but also more rewarding. Mm. Uh, but um, yeah. And, and cause you, you, you would, you would see one thing and be like, oh, that's amazing. But then you'd look to your right and be like, oh, that thing is pretty cool too. And and so it was also really hard to take everything in, obviously, at the same mm. time. Um, and yeah, like the the level, the hype of the building, I think, was matched by the level of anticipation and appreciation uh, from Islander fans. But the most important thing to me, and I think to basically everybody um, who, who, who goes to games, who loves this team, was would the sight lines and the sound be, you're not going to get it to be exactly like Coliseum, but would it be close? Um, and it was like the sight lines. I, I was sitting in 312, row five or so, I think. And um, so I'm, I'm, up, I'm in the, in the gods and uh, closer to the ceiling than to the floor, obviously. And, and the sight lines are spectacular mm. uh, from at least my seats. And I've talked to a bunch of people and they saw the same thing. Um, and like you said, uh, I don't. I think a lot of people on the outside underestimate just what it it means to uh, this this team and the the culture surrounding the team, um, Long Island in general too. Uh, that uh, it's 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 both been overstated and understated what's going on um, by people on the outside, but to Islander fans, people who cover the team, it can't be overstated. Like just just yeah. what it what happened uh this weekend something i couldn't ever picture in my mind uh before saturday and sunday and my uh my buddy kenny came on sunday 
And just like same thing, like he 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 got there. We sat down. We was talking. He was asking me some questions about it. And then like he he's like, I'm going to take a walk around in the uh, intermission, and did, and just came back. Like this place is wild. <laughs> um, and it's that's it's true. It's just like a completely different world. It's the um, it, it feels like you're in a, a New York Islanders theme park. <laughs> <laughs> you know? um, and the concourse is. It, I will say though, I did see a couple lines for the men's bathroom. Wow. Um, and I also, the, the concourse will bottleneck at some mm. points because it's, it's, it's nowhere, nowhere, no, I'm not complaining at all, by the way, this, but nowhere near as bad as it would be at the Coliseum. And I noticed the two places that it bottlenecked were right by the Islanders hall of fame, mm. which I think was probably the, one of the coolest parts of the whole yeah. building. And the other place, predictably Shaq's big chicken. <laughs> I thought you were going to say uh, offside tap. Uh, that that would probably be the other place. No, because you know what they did, which was really great, was they built the the bars, mm. uh, kind of into the. I don't know how to explain it. Like in into the walls a little mm. bit. So like, like offside tavern is it, it doesn't jut out at okay. all into the concourse. Uh, most of the bars don't. So like you're, they, they, it was really smart um, how they did that. Uh, Shacks is is more of like your traditional. Uh, concession stand like storefront yeah. kind of place. Yeah. 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 Gotcha. So, um, yeah, the, uh, yeah, the bars are great. Mm. Yeah. I was at offside tavern for a That's little cool. bit and, uh, yeah. the tailgate bar is really cool. Everyone talked about like the Islander meetup wall, which was really nice touch yeah. as well. Um, but like I said, the, the sight lines were awesome. Uh, sound was great. Uh, especially like the, the second Nelson goal, it sounded like, uh, it did sound like, like, a, a playoff game in there for a little right. bit didn't last that long but um <laughs> so yeah there's there's and and the best part is it's just starting like yeah. so this this building's gonna be here for a very long time and there's a lot of things that you know i didn't even get near that i'm, I'm really excited to get through. yeah i mean i'm not worried about the sound or even the attendance like look i mean we know what it's like i mean the islanders went a long long time playing to nearly empty houses and the building was very quiet. And then as soon as they started making the playoffs again, people like, wow, what an atmosphere. This is incredible. Yeah. Well, when they're playing games that matter, the atmosphere is incredible. So I'm not surprised that it would be that way. Um, But yeah, it's just the attention to detail seems to really be remarkable to me. Like even with the offside tavern thing, like, you know, a lot of teams would have been like, you know, they, they would, they would have sold that, that, uh, you know, another bar to some corporate sponsor or whatever, but like they went out of their way to talk to Nick and congratulations to Nick. We didn't even, I don't even think we mentioned it here, which is bad on us, but like to, to bring him in and, and give him this spot and, you know, build this spot here and partner with him really uh, on a bar inside the arena. Like that's unbelievable. And the, the wall of the, the fan groups, like that's crazy. Who would do that? And even the, the Islanders hall of fame, which is always a thing. Um, but it was always in the bowels of the Coliseum. If you've ever been there, I mean, I, we all remember that, like the John Tavares thing, where he used to like, you know, set up his sticks by the Mike Bossy plaque and like, you know, go to this sort of pregame ritual. Like now, you can see that plaque, and and it's cool that there are all these different guys. And I was showing my daughter that in the pregame thing on MSG, and I was like, all these guys are in the Islanders Hall of Fame. She's like, who picks the Islanders Hall of Fame? I'm like, well. It's a long story. <laughs> I guess the team does, and they haven't in a long time. I mean, not us, because if it was us, oh yeah, that Hall of Fame would have about thirty other guys. In right? There. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I'm going to get on the phone with Chico Resch right now, and I'm going to put him in the Highlanders <laughs> Hall of yeah. Fame. Uh, but uh, you know, it's it's just a cool thing to see, and it was funny too because, like, uh, you know, Ken Morrow was talking, and you know, now he's like hairless Ken Morrow, which is a very odd thing to see, and then. 
when they showed his plaque, I'm like, wait, that's the same guy. You see, he's got the hair here. He's got the mustache, that's, the beard. Like, that's what he looked like in the set. That's Ken Morrow to me, not not the uh, the, sh- the clean-shaven guy here. I don't know who this guy is. He's kind of weird. He says his name is Ken Morrow, but I'm not sure. But, uh, like, it's that kind of stuff that that really brings it home. And, like, there are quotes on the walls and pictures. And even Dennis Potvin on the um, the No Sleep Till Belmont today was saying, like, he, would, he was impressed because every time they turned around – there would be a wall with a huge picture of one of his old teammates, you know, and it's just like, and it's not just guys from the dynasty. It's other guys that have played throughout, throughout the, uh, the years that there weren't on that team. So um, I think that's really, you know, and the team deserves a lot of credit for that. And it, it is a shame like that, you know, the playing circumstances are such that, you know, the team is not at full strength, obviously. I mean, I'm hoping they get a win in one of these <laughs> two games coming up. Cause it would be nice to get one, uh, you know, but uh I mean, it really does seem like they spared no expense. It looks great. the the whole The lower bowl looks remarkably similar to Nassau Coliseum in the sense that it's pretty pretty straightforward. No no bad sight lines, no bad seats, and and then the outside is state of the art, which is kind of a funny juxtaposition when you really think about it. Yeah, there was some there were some really great things that reminded me of the Coliseum. Like it was like they brought a lot of the good parts of the Coliseum over. Um, the the string quartet that that greeted everybody on before Sunday's game in the entrance was definitely not one of them. <laughs> I don't think that that was a uh, ever a thing at the Nassau Coliseum, um, but it was a nice touch. Like it, 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 it is funny. It's like uh, Islander fans are, and, and I mean this as a compliment, one hundred percent. That Islander fans have like a little bit of like a you know a rough quality <laughs> to them. The, the way we root for the team, right? I think we we are. Um, you know, very passionate. And sometimes that passion comes off maybe as a little uh, dirtbaggish. I get maybe, I don't know the right word here, but like, it's just like, there's something there's, we're very, we're benevolent dirtbags. Maybe is the best way to say it, right? Like we're not, we're not going to the game. Uh, we're not bringing clients to games. Really. We're going to the game because we love the Islanders and uh, no one's wearing suits. It's, it's very <laughs> much a, a fan base that wears the Jersey. And, um, so then, when you do see a string quartet come in and play, it's almost like uh, <laughs> yeah, it's almost weird. like we crash like a we crash like a a gala right. or something at, at some point. You're like, they built this place for us. It's way too nice. Like we're gonna break it. Um, and so, but they they did bring some of the like some really great touches over from the Coliseum. I did find a way uh, around parking. We found some parking mm-hmm. that. Is not UBS Arena. Yeah, we heard that there was some issues um, getting into the South Lot. Apparently, was was really rough. Uh, the Emerald Lot, which is bigger, uh, also had a lot of traffic there. They are building a garage, and it won't be done until about March. And I mean, this is the kind of thing that will get straightened out at some point. Again, they're going to build a hotel. Right. They're going to build a lot of stuff. So, I mean, we're just going to have to bear with it, I guess, for the time being. Exactly. Yeah. There's there's, there's definitely some, and, and I appreciate actually that they moved a lot of the games to 7 30 because i think that was basically assuming these issues (laughs) and that people would um not realize it um that that you know parking getting in and out won't won't be seamless and it definitely wasn't um but yeah like you know i found a way around it found a way uh which was great you know it it, i think uh you know i said on the last podcast that the islander fans are a fan base is used to being able to a lot of them park across the street at at, a college Mm. or a high school or whatever for free and, and walk across and there's still ways to do that. Um, the other thing that I that I was laughing about, my friend and I were talking that um, there's never going to be another time, I don't think, that the Islanders will be playing a game and simultaneously a boat show 
a boat expo will be taking place in like the in, a, in the basement uh, of this place. Uh, you know, like yeah. a, there's been so many times that. you go yeah. to a game at the Coliseum, funny. and you know you walk up to the to the gate. It's freezing cold in February. You you, you hmm. give the guy the ticket that you just paid two dollars for, or you bought a burrito and the guy gave you a ticket with hmm. it. And you're like, all right, I guess I'll go to the game tonight. Uh, hmm. And uh, yeah, and you walk in, and and the 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 Coliseum security guard goes, are you here for the boat show or the Islander game? <laughs> like, well, I guess I'll check out both. Right. If I, if I, you know, I'll go downstairs, maybe see if mm. there's a boat. Or that, that, uh, they should make the boat show permanent with. at the Coliseum. If nothing else is going on. Just <laughs> yeah, why, right, take exactly. them out and just leave them there. Who the hell cares? I went to, I'm pretty sure when I was in senior, no, I guess junior year of high school, I went to a college fair in the Coliseum. Mm. And that night there was an Islander game. So mm. me and my friends went, got a bunch of brochures and like our parents were all just like, yeah, if you go to that, you can go to the game. We'll pick it up later. <laughs> um, so we did like, like, so we, you know, you go look, you talk to a rep from St. John's and then you go watch the Islanders. That's pretty funny. Lose, uh, you know, to the capitals or something. Mm. Um, yeah. Huh. You know, so it's, uh, it, that, there was like, th- those kind of things are now in the past and they're going to be, they're going to become funnier mm. now uh, to think about. Yeah. Cause there's just going to be such a foreign concept to think about, uh, yeah, a boat show going on at the same time at UPS Arena because this is like this is just in a completely different class from uh, from what we were what we were used to, mm-hmm. and yeah, it did it did honestly feel like uh, uh, there was a time uh, when I was uh, about seven or eight years ago. I was in the city. My dad uh, was doing work with this charity and uh, had a couple of tickets to like a, a function uh, open bar and gave them to me and my brother, my two older brothers, and we went and. After uh, the the event ended, my oldest brother Kevin, his now wife, uh, was like, "I really got to go to the bathroom. Can we try to find a bathroom?" And we're in the city, which uh, means it's pretty much impossible. But we were walking by a church, um, and so I was like, "Let's just see if this is open." We open it up, and this church—I guess it, it was built like a church—but it ended up being. I opened the doors, and the Victoria's Secret sa- fashion show was going on inside of it. Like it was breaking down. They were breaking down the fashion show. That's funny, and. We were luckily we were dressed pretty nice because we were at a charity event. Mm. Um, so I was like, they were like, "What do we do?" I was like, "Well, let's just see if there's a bathroom right. here." So we just literally were walking around this Victoria as the secret Victoria's Secret fashion show was just wrapping mm. up, and we we're walking around, and it felt a little bit like that uh, sometimes. Like you're like, "I don't belong in this place yeah. uh, because it's just way too nice." <laughs> Everybody in here is like, it's looking around the the building like being like, "I this this is." It's like Monaco or something, mm. and uh, but no, we do, we we do belong in that building. We we deserve to be in there, and we deserve what they built for us. Because like, yeah, there were times ten years ago where there'd be eight thousand people watching Joey McDonald and the Islanders take on the Red Wings. So <laughs> uh, if you told those people, those eight thousand people in the Coliseum, you showed them a picture of UBS Arena, and you said, "Look, this is what in ten years you're gonna the Islanders are gonna be playing in." They'd punch you in the face because right. they thought you know you were trying to yank their chain. So, um, but it did it did feel like that a little bit. Like it's going to take some getting used to being a classy joint, <laughs> um, but it'll come. Yeah. And the thing that really blew my mind it was when the game started and they had this really elaborate sort of like projection show on the ice, which is something that they've done in just about every other arena in the league. If you ever watch like a, a game from Vegas. They have like it's like a like a video game cutscene. Like you're just like it, it plays out where like the knight comes out and he like stabs whatever team's mascot is playing or something. Like I think Philly does stuff like this too. Even the Kraken have this kind of thing. And like 
you know, at the Coliseum, it was like, you'd have like, you know, four spotlight operators and these, these spotlights are like older than you are, you know, and it's like, they're probably, you know, there's the same light bulbs in there that you could buy at Home Depot or something like that. And meanwhile, now the Islanders have that, the same kind of game ops, um, you know, value that other teams have, which is kind of remarkable to me. Um, and that, that was when it really, I think, hit home. Like, holy cow, the Islanders have like a real actual modern building now uh, that can do this kind of stuff. And, you know, maybe not even for them, maybe for like, you know, WWE or concerts and stuff. And, uh, and the other thing, too, really quick before we wrap it up, um, you know, you talk about the years with the 8,000 fans and stuff. I mean, hopefully we never get back to that that point. I think they've sold a lot of season tickets and stuff. But, you know, if attendance does at some point, maybe not this season, but in the future start to dip, the big takeaway from UBS Arena is you cannot move us anymore. Do you hear that, Bruce Arthur? You cannot move us anymore. You can count all of the <laughs> count all the empty seats you want, man. We're not going anywhere. We're not going to Quebec. We're not going to Houston. We're not going to Seattle, obviously. We're not going to Hamilton. We're not going anywhere. This is this is the team right here. We're not leaving. So you can take all those columns, all those guys wrote all those columns, all those years. This team is move them their time is done contract them whatever put them someplace where people will appreciate them you can take all those columns and shove them straight up your ass because you don't need them anymore this team is here right now and they don't care if one person shows up to watch a game they're not going anywhere so that's what that was the other big takeaway i had from that game it was like holy crap they can't move us anymore they cannot move us yeah, so. that that is um an incredibly profound <laughs> accomplishment uh it's it's so and, and that is you know what the, the problem with this weekend was being able to separate two, two different feelings, which was, you know, the disappointment and misery of yeah. a team that was, had such high expectations. Like, like I said earlier, like I'm no stranger to a season being over in November. I'm no stranger to that at all, but I am a stranger to a season being over in November where the Islanders were considered a Stanley cup contender. So, uh, but so separating that misery from the complete elation of knowing that, the Islanders are going to be here next year, and they're going to be here the year after that, and the year after that, and the year after that. Um, and they're going to be a destination, too. Uh, like, players will the, – the Coliseum can't be an excuse anymore for players not to want to play mm. there. Uh, so it's it's just such a gigantic leap forward uh, for, for this franchise. And <laughs> It's just uh, – yeah, I mean, I, I couldn't help but laugh, honestly, to the first 10 minutes I like spent inside the, <laughs> the arena, like, just looking – looking at the different things like just that it's just like the islanders i, I took katie baker on a tour of nasa coliseum in 2015 it was an islander ranger game and she was doing a story on grantland um and i just met her at francesa con she's like talking to me about it and so i told her i was like I'll, t- I'll take you and i'll show you the quirks of the coliseum i told her story which i was tweeting out earlier before i went to uh, the game was uh about when my my chair just disintegrated under me <laughs> when Lubomir was not somehow ended up in your, the trunk of your car. <laughs> <laughs> but I, uh, I was telling her that story and, and I also showed her, I was like, Oh, you know what? Like we, I can't let you go before I take you to the beer garden. She's like, oh, you have a beer garden. That's a costume. I said, sure, <laughs> sure do. And I brought her to the quote unquote Islanders beer garden, which was just uh, outside with those kind of, fence the yeah. fences around the coliseum that looked like the things that in the medieval times they'd stick heads on top of <laughs> yeah, um, it had a real prison you know. yard feel too yeah, yeah exactly it's <laughs> like there was like a rug of like t- turf yeah. rug that didn't even come close to covering half of the right. the the ground 
in the middle. And then there was like six porta potties and two of Long Island's best cigarette smokers <laughs> smoking their cigarettes. And I was like, welcome to the beer garden. And she said, get the hell out of here. I said, no, it's, this is, this is the beer mm. garden. Um, and, uh, yeah. And so going from that and then now you seeing yeah, these bars, which are, they're, they're, re- they're really classy looking. Yeah. Like they, 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 they really are. And, um, yeah, Wyshynski so- had a whole thing. He went to all 17 of them and some you're looking like at them, like, this is inside of a, of a hockey arena? Really? Oh, my God. Yeah. There's a speakeasy in there. Like, who? why? I don't One, <laughs> there was some – Mike Kalarka, who I met, I, I met, and also want to shout out uh, a gentleman named Chris who I met. Um, Mike Kalarka, who was one of the winners from our eBay competition last year, um, and I went to uh, – we've tailgated before one of the playoff games last season. Was to, he was like, hey, I'm at the speakeasy. And he, he told me exactly where it was. I still couldn't find it. Like I was like, <laughs> well, speakeasy. I, You're not I, supposed I, to find I, it. I kept thinking it was the dime club. I was like looking at the mm. and the ladies like and the ladies like, no, this is this is the dime club. And I was like, all right, I don't know. <laughs> um, but so I'm, I apologize for not being able to get there. But I, I seriously couldn't figure out where it mm. was. Um, but yeah, you're not supposed to be able to get yeah. there. It's a speakeasy. You're supposed to be a bootlegger yeah, yeah. or a <laughs> gunrunner or something to get in there. <laughs> but uh but that's pretty and and so like you can go back and you know uh see other stuff that you didn't see before so again i'm i'm hoping to go soon it might be friday might be uh, uh the um i have tickets also for the uh the sunday the fifth game against chicago uh so if anything i'll get to that one too but uh yeah it's it's pretty remarkable and it's gonna take a little getting used to but i mean this is our home now and uh i think it's pretty awesome <laughs> it's pretty cool yeah the parking probably sucks right now but it'll get better Everybody will learn the little quirks and little places they can park where they don't get a ticket. Um, but, you know, as I told you and a bunch of our friends, too, like if if having this arena means walking 15 minutes to my car before and after the game, uh, uh, that's a trade off I'll make. You know, I mean, I think that's that's pretty fair. Uh, I don't know if anybody remembers going to the old. Uh, Do you ever go to the old uh, Continental Airlines slash Brendan Burns slash Izod Center? Yeah, uh, I was at. In like 1998, maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Like you used to park across the Jersey Turnpike and walk yeah. across this incredibly rickety walkway that was made of like just driftwood and sheet metal and like that corrugated plastic that you put on top of like a, a, an outhouse or a shed or something like that. And it's like, am I going to fall into the middle of the New Jersey Turnpike right now? That was how it was. So for a long time, people just, you just parked there and people just walked by the thousands across there to, to go to that gate, that, that arena. So um, this is way better than that. Let's put it that way. Just having a walk around uh, Belmont park uh, turn. Uh, yeah. So there you go. So uh, that's a, that's a cool, uh, cool report. And I'm sure everybody else has some cool stories and stuff to, to share and, and, you know, can tell their, their friends and their family members how, how awesome it is. And I mean, the consensus seemed to be, it was pretty awesome. I was afraid that something was going to happen, you know, toilets were going to explode and it was going to be a whole big thing, but uh, <laughs> apparently it didn't. So, right. so there you go. Um, cool. So yeah, cool. I'll get to take, uh, if I get a chance to go, uh, I'll make my report uh, in another episode and uh, we'll see, but I, I have a feeling I'll, I'll just echo a lot of what Mike just said. Uh, and we got to get some more people in that Islanders uh, hall of fame now that it is an actual thing. So there you go. I I would love to I would love to be part of the committee and I don't Yeah, seriously. It would, it would be so it would just be so much fun to right. to you know how like when the baseball Hall of Fame gets voted on mm. and there's always those those guys that get like no they don't get votes but they it's just like their turn on the ballot. I guess they qualify in some way. Yeah. It would be great to just be like, you know, all right, like uh today we're going to discuss no, P.A. Parento's Islander <laughs> Hall of Fame credentials. And knowing he won't get there, right. but I would love to be the guy that, that does argue on on those yeah. kind of players' behalf. I don't think uh, we would uh, to, 
we would abuse it. I don't think we would like, you know, try and get, no. you know, I don't know, to some Barry Richter or David Harlock onto the team, right? You know, like <laughs> No. You have to you'd have to have a big time moment. Yeah. Uh at the very, very least to to to, to get in and uh, you know, like Sean Bates, for example, sure. and you know, you know Wade Dublowitz, like sure, like they didn't have uh the career numbers that you want. Dublowitz, maybe. I mean, he's his career. Yeah. His career numbers. I mean, just I'm I'm gonna I'm gonna keep saying it until I'm blue in the face. Chico Resch does Devils radio right now. Find a game late in this season where the Devils are at at UBS and just just put Chico in the damn Islanders Hall of Fame. Like this guy, <laughs> I mean, his his. If you look, go through the Islanders goaltending records, a lot of them are still held by a guy who got traded in 1980. When you think about, you know, like how is that even yeah. possible? And it's Chico Resch. It's not. He's not just that goofy guy who likes to eat uh, and uh, you know has a mustache and look like Freddie Prince Jr. I guess very very briefly in the early seventies. Uh, Freddie Prince. What am I talking? Not, not his son. Freddie Prince, the original. Um, so that would be my guy. Uh, obviously, Lafontaine would be a guy there too. But uh, you know, there's a lot of a lot of guys. And again, now it's a thing. So let let's make it a thing. Let's do it. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but first, uh, the Islanders need to win some games <laughs> and, uh, <laughs> starting this week again, we don't know what's going to happen. Uh, you know, we'll see if maybe they're, they're postponed or not. Um, but, uh, you know, if they go, hopefully it's a good time. Hopefully they're, you know, they got in some good practicing and won't be any more surprises or anything like that. But, uh, if Lula Amarillo has another press conference tomorrow afternoon, my guess is that something very bad has happened. So uh, just keep that in mind. You haven't heard from Barry Trotz, which is kind of a funny thing. Normally, Trotz is the guy who, who does a lot of talking, but uh, th- these go straight up to the, the head man. So there you go. Uh, okay. Well, that's it. I will say, so when, when I did meet uh, Chris, who uh, listens to us at, at the game, he said he, he said he likes the show. He goes, but you guys stress me out. <laughs> and I was, with, I was with Kerry Haber, actually. He said, well, that's kind of the point. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> it was... Uh, you know, and he, he he was very appreciative of That's it, cool. and uh, I, it's, I mean, if yes, you're you're probably stressed out listening, but I'm stressed out talking, and you're stressed out talking, and it's just a stressful. But for every person that gets stressed out, I feel like there's a there's another person on the other side who gets de-stressed by our stressfulness. I guess I don't know. But that's that's why we're a show of the people. You know, we get whatever you want to take it. We're like Pearl Jam lyrics. Whatever you want to hear, that's what you hear. Basically, we just give it to you, and then that's it. So you can interpret it uh, as you wish. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> we'll be back uh, next week uh, and see where where everybody's at. Uh, after that, everybody have a, a great Thanksgiving. Uh, enjoy. Uh, eat a lot of food. Enjoy some football. Enjoy some hockey. Enjoy Hawkeye. Just coming to Disney Plus. Uh, I can't wait because I'm going to watch it Um, probably multiple times. Read Lighthouse Hockey every single day for your most up-to-date Islanders news and discussion. Check out VintageIceHockey.com. Check out Betway. Uh, I said Indiana before. It was Idaho. I guess New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Colorado, Idaho, and Iowa only. But uh, Betway is the official betting partner of the NHL. Try wines from the Pinot Project, thepinotproject.com. And uh, where can everybody find you on Twitter? Uh, the Big Lebowski with two E's. Follow Mike at the Big Lebowski. What, what do you got on in the hopper this week? Uh, the uh, the Wonder Goal is is still coming out. I mean, yeah, uh, just I soccer the and hockey stuff, and uh, that's about it. So check uh, out Mike's work at the Action Network and his podcast work. He pops up all over the place. And uh, yeah, we'll be back next week. We'll see where the season is, <laughs> what kind of thread <laughs> it's hanging by uh, next week, and uh, and who's even in the lineup. So uh, yeah, a lot of intrigue. And uh, that's it. All right. Thanks a lot. And we will talk to you later. All right. Bye-bye. Bye.
to make. 